Well, I don't know about you, but there's just moments where you just feel like my, my hair stand on end, you know, thinking about the reality of that promise, the Father's in the room. And, uh, man, that's why we're here today, joined together. want to just uh, say hello to everybody that's joining us out there in the virtual world as well. And those of you that are here with us this morning, uh, it's going to be a good day. We're going to dive into some scripture here together uh, as we continue to worship in that way. Well, hey, I just got to have to warn you right off the bat, uh, we're in the middle of moving, so if I'm constantly doing this, it's because I couldn't find my belt anywhere. I don't know uh, where my belt is, but I'm looking for it, and uh, this past week has been one of those weeks, you know, where you're just like, let's just gut it out and get through it, and if you've been through the moving process, you understand that, and I don't know what it is about me, but I always underestimate the situation. Like, I'm like, it's going to be fine. Like, moving will be no big deal. It'll take a couple days. Like, I always underestimate the situation. And I told Jess, okay, here's my words uh, that I eventually will eat. Um, we don't need a moving truck. I, I, I said that. Like, we don't, why do we need a moving truck? And then I was like, we, we don't need a pod. My, my parents were even, and Jess's parents were like, we'll get you a pod. Uh, I don't, uh, we don't need a pod. We'll be fine. We have a, a truck and a trailer. Obviously, that'll be sufficient. And then I said the words that definitely I'd be eating is it, 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 it won't be that bad. It's not going to be that bad. And then I ended up saying the thing that everybody says when they're in the thick of moving, and that is never again. Like, we're, never, we're never doing this again. And uh, my lifeline was that somehow, because the truth is, I, I totally underestimated it, so I didn't put a post out there. I didn't text anyone or say, hey, we need some help moving. I didn't do any of that. But people found out anyway, and they offered to help, and they reached, and it was awesome. And to be honest with you, because we literally rolled into our closing at like 20 minutes after the time we're supposed to be there, because we were still moving stuff out of there. And so it just never seemed to end. And, um, but I was grateful that somehow people figured out that we were moving. I I don't know how they found out because we didn't really make a big deal out of it, but they started to show up and help us anyway, and people have been so gracious to just say, hey, you can come stay with us, let us help you in this way, and uh, without really asking for much help, people responded in such a great way, and uh, Kelby in particular came over at one point, and actually he and I, uh, Stephen and I one day moved a bunch of big stuff with the trailer, and then Kelby, and you know, Kelby, I don't know if you, you guys know Kelby, but Kelby does enough work for like six strong men like he is just like he's throwing things on his back he's so he was unbelievable like just help and then after a long day when I was exhausted and he was just getting energized like he went home for a little bit and he's like hey what about the swing set in your backyard you taking that with you I'm like yeah but I wasn't planning on doing it today so he comes back out and I'm talking like swing set had to go over our fence and uh, two guys, like, were like, let's get, we'll get the swing set over the fence. It's fine, you know? Like, and somehow, miraculously, like, we did that. And then all the big stuff was moved, and I was, like, still underestimated. But it's the little stuff that gets you. And it's just, like, there's more. You're fine. It's like, I didn't know we had this cabinet or this stuff just, like, continues the more. Who's putting stuff back in my house? Because somehow stuff is not going away. And so we finally, we were kind of to like the last stretch, and, we're, and uh, we're like, we're almost there. You know, we, don't, we still didn't think we needed help. Thankfully, though, we had like a crew, Jess and Derek among them, and, and, uh, and, and just showing up and um, saying, we're going we're gonna to help out on this day, and uh, we're going to help you get to the, And so we just started loading people's cars and like sending them, and we finally got it done. I'm happy to report but the point of saying all that is the amount of things in my life that I never could have pulled out off without good people. You know what I'm talking about? 
And I don't know about you, but I think I live sometimes in this world where I feel like I can just take it all on my own back, that I can just accomplish it all on my own. But time and time again, experience proves that I need good people around me. I need good help. And, uh, and, and I'm thankful for the help that we received uh, this week. But I'm thankful for the good people that I've had around me just throughout my life. And as we think about the faith journey, as we think about the journey that we're on, I don't know about you, but I've realized time and time again that, that I'm better when I have good people around me. When I've got the support of good people and I've got people coming alongside me in the faith journey. And as we keep moving near and near to heaven, as that's the journey that we're on, as we're in pursuit of heaven, that we're just fellow people, uh, fellow travelers on the journey home, right? We need good people around us to help us get there and to help us to see life through and see faith through. Good people are really irreplaceable. And our passage today, our one another scripture for today comes out of Hebrews 10, 24, and this is what it says. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And so far we've covered in this series all these one another statements, these statements that really are, are teaching us how do we relate to one another and how do we help one another in the faith journey? How do we come alongside one another? And we've had statements that we've covered like this, love one another, be devoted to one another, forgive one another. And last week Andrew talked about honoring one another. And I think all of those things just kind of make sense that like we're better for those things. Like we need to do those things for one another. But if there's one that doesn't really necessarily seem to fit the list, at least at first glance, it's the one that we're talking about today, which is spur one another on. Because if you really break down what Paul's saying here, he's using this word uh, per, per oxusmos, and this is the Greek word, and really it's this provoking. What Paul is saying is provoke one another. Is so you're ever going to pick one, you're like, okay, bear with one, de devote, be devoted to one another, bear with one another, forgive one another, and then in there just kind of drop provoke one another. You're like, wait, wait a minute, like how did that get in there? But when we understand the context of it, and what he's saying is that it's, it's really this uh, provocation which literally jabs or cuts someone so they must respond. Like, think about that. Like, this is the breakdown of that, of the Greek and the understanding here. It was really this, under, this implement secured to the heel or above the heel of a horseman to urge the horse with the pressure. You know, we know what those modern spurs look like on a boot, right? And imagine getting hit in the side with one of those, and you're like, wait, wait a minute. Like, we're to do that to one another? Like, is that what you're, and, and so what it's saying here and what we're talking about today is provoke each other, stir each other up, kick each other in the side, cut someone to invoke a response out of them. And you're like, finally, like a message I can get on board with. Like, I, I want, I'm ready to spur some people on in the name of Jesus. And some of you are ready for that. And you're like, this is my topic. Like, let's go. Before you get ahead of yourself, let me just say, though, there is some context we have to pay attention to here. What makes spurring one another, or spurring one another on one of the most loving acts that we can offer is who we are spurring. First of all, this is a call to the body of faith, to our brothers and sisters, those that share the faith that we share, the hope that we share. What are we spurring each other toward? You notice in the text, love and good deeds. 
So the end to which we're spurring each other on and the thing to which we're stirring each other up to is important in the context here. And lastly, why we are spurring each other on is that so that we can help each other hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. And so when you understand that context of that text, it makes sense that this is one of the most loving acts we can do. This is an incredible gift of love that we give one another as we spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And so what I want to do together um, as we just lean into the scripture here a little bit today, I want to give you an acronym for that word spur. And each of these is one of the ways, and this is not an exhaustive list, but these are one of some of the key ways that we press each other on, that we provoke one another toward love and good deeds. And so each letter is is a letter that is going to show us something about that. The first one, let's look at the S. So the S stands for set the pace for each other. Set the pace for each other. Many of you know that I do CrossFit, and one of the things that I love about CrossFit is this, this aspect of getting in a room. And there's times when I don't have time to work out with other people, but there's something great about getting into a room with other people that are pushing, that are working, and that are, that are really setting the pace for you. And Kenny and I get the opportunity a lot of times to work out together, and when we don't, uh, when we do, we're pushing, and we're looking at each other, and we're like, all right, where's he at? And like, i got to make up a few reps, and we push each other, and it's a give and take, and it makes me better when I'm in there. And sometimes when we can't get in at the same time, he'll shoot me a text and be like, hey, here's my time. Go get it, you know, or here's what I did. Go get it. And so that pushes me to want to try to excel to a new level, right? And on a spiritual level, the way that we set the pace for each other, the way that this primarily happens is through our example, We have an opportunity to spur others on by our own example. This is how we set the pace for each other. And in in 1 Timothy 4, 6 through 12, this is what Paul tells the young leader, Timothy. He says, if you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irrelevant, sorry, irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present and also for the future life to come. The saying is, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is our Savior, the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Then he says this, command and teach these things, let No one despise you for your youth, but set an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in impurity. And so what he's saying is, listen, Timothy, it doesn't doesn't matter how old you are. And it doesn't matter that most of the people that you're leading in your context are older than you or have different experience than you or more experienced than you. And I think a lot of times we get hung up because we're like, what do I really have that I could like spur somebody else on? Like, I don't, where I'm at, I don't know a lot about the Bible yet, or I'm not really theologically, like, I don't really have anything that I could really offer. But what Paul is saying, listen, don't let anyone look down on you or disqualify you because you're young, but instead, here's what I want you to do. Set an example. Show people what it looks like in speech. Show people what it looks like in conduct. Show them what it looks like in love and faith and purity. And one of the most powerful things we can do for one another is set the pace by setting the example. I've been listening to John, uh, John Sanchez 
um, has a, a podcast that he does that I've really been enjoying. It's called Next Level. It's all about leadership. And um, it's really, if you have time to listen to it, I'd really encourage you to listen to it. But one of the lines that he uses that really captured me this week was in the podcast that I listened to. He said this. He said, he just said it kind of offhandedly, but it's so, so strong. When you have good people around you, you can't help but get better. And I know that to be true. I experienced the, uh, the opposite is also true. And you've probably lived that out, that when you've got people around you that aren't really good and aren't really strong and aren't really progressing and growing, it has a way of holding you back. But when you get good people around you, you can't help but get better. And I love that. And he quotes this book called, by Sam Walker called The Captain's Class, and it looks at the best teams over like hundreds of years. And what it was looking at was, okay, what is the key factor? Like what's the factor that makes teams successful? Like, what can we associate with winning that really, that, that we could kind of dig down here and, and, and figure out? And surprisingly, it wasn't in the coaching. It wasn't in the money. It wasn't in the all-star players. Nothing wrong with those things, but it wasn't in those things. The one thing that was a common thread among successful teams, you know what it was? And, and here's uh, Sam Walker's words on this. The single most defining characteristic uh, was winning streaks were very closely bracketed by the presence of one player. And the common thread was the character of that player. The example, the tone they were saying, the presence of that one person was the thing, the factor that changed the dynamic of the team and allowed them to experience success. And so I just want to ask you a question. What if our own presence, our own character, our own example had the power to propel others to greater spiritual maturity and success? And it does. It's one of the most powerful things we possess to propel each other forward in the journey toward heaven. That's why we're commanded by the Apostle Paul to be imitators of Christ. That he's our ultimate example. He's the one that has set the pace for us. And we continue to strive to be more and more like Christ. And as we do that, we set the pace for those that are on the journey with us and those that we're leading. And so the first idea is that we set the pace for one another. The second is that we point, each, we point out the danger of sin. That we continue to point out the danger of sin. And in doing so, we point each other oftentimes back in the right direction. Now, I've been staying with my parents kind of in the middle of, of the moving, and uh, Jess is down in Lexington, and, and I've been up here kind of keeping an eye on things for a couple days. And uh, it, truth be, it's been kind of nice. I mean, I miss my family, but it's like I, mom's been taking care of me. She's been feeding me. I've been like, you know, don't tell Jess, but it's, it's actually been kind of relaxing, you know. I'm excited to have them all back, though. But I got to, you know, I went out for a run the other day. I was just telling them, like, hey, I'm going to go out for a run. And they told me as I was heading out the door, they said, hey, uh, number one, be careful about the country roads like people are crazy out here and uh and number two like this is kind of the way that you should go or whatever i'm like yeah 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 yeah, i got it i got it, I got it. no problem you know I, I hear you and just like i'm a kid again you know i'm like yeah, yeah i hear you and then i'm running out the door and so i head out and i'm like I, you know i don't have like my watch on today or whatever i do have my phone and i can kind of you know keep track of the time i'll just know that i'm going to run about 30 minutes and uh so about 15 minutes i'll turn around or whatever be fine and so you know I, i'm not going to get lost like you know who gets lost anymore like i you know i'm a, I'm a grown-up like i don't get lost and so i i'm gonna i'm running out and i started to think you know i should have paid better attention to like which what turns they were telling me to make i'm out on these country roads and i think generally like my internal compass is telling me you're on track just take it right here you know and then finally like, i'm like i've been out here a long time i'm looking at my clock and i'm like i'm trying to do the loop 
But I think I'd gotten so far out now that I'm like, there's no looping back. And finally I started to get a little like, uh-oh, like it's hot out here. I don't know if you noticed, but this weekend was hot. And I'm like, uh-oh, you know. And so I'm like, my pride just keeps saying, just keep going. You'll figure it out. Like just go, you know, take a right here. This is the general direction. And my phone now, to add to the matter, is dying. And so I called my mom, you know, like you do when you get need help. And uh, I called her, and I was just going to let her know, like, hey, could you give me just a little direction back? I think I'm just a little bit lost, you know, maybe help me back. And so, um, but she didn't answer, and my phone was going to die. Now I'm, like, playing out. This is what's going to happen. My phone's going to die. I'm probably at least a half hour or more, maybe 45 minutes from home, and she's going to start to worry. And so then I'm, like, I called my dad. I'm, like, hey, want to let you know I'm out here. My phone's dying. I'm lost. And, like, then it, like, I had a, had a matter of, like, just sending them a pin of where I'm at. And, like, and can you have mom pick me up? So I sent her up. I finally just, like, gave up. I set my pride down. And I went and sat, like, on the side of the road. And I just waited for my mom to pick me up, you know? There's nothing more humbling than that moment. You're just on the side of the road. Like, people are going, waiting on by. I'm like, yeah, I'm just waiting for my mom, you know? It's all good. And I say that to say we all lose our way from time to time. We do. We all lose our way. But it takes somebody humble enough to receive direction to avoid the devastation of being led astray. That at some point, we have to stop trusting that internal compass that's continuing to lead us further and further off course a lot of times. we got to set our pride down. Sometimes we just got to look at our brother or sister in Christ and be like, hey, listen, I know I'm in deep here, and I know I've been entrenching myself deeper and deeper. Just offer me some direction. Offer me some help or give me a ride back home. Like, let's just start over. I'm throwing up my hands and I need some help. And we have to do that. And there's this specific role that we play in each other's life as we spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And that's this role of accountability, of redirection, of correction. And some of us are afraid to do that because we don't want to hurt one another's feelings. But when we understand the full weight of sin in our life and the stakes involved in it, when we don't do that for one another, it's one of the most unloving things that we can do. When there's danger of sin out there and our, our brother or sister is, is continuing to walk more and more into the trap of the enemy and we don't speak, we don't through the vehicle of a trusting relationship reach out and say hey let me help you out here a little bit and they might not receive it but again it takes humility to hear these things but we have to be willing to speak the truth in love hebrews 3 12 through 13 says this take care brothers lest there be any of you lest there be in any of you an evil unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living god but here's the word exhort one another every day as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And it is deceitful. Rosaria Butterfield, she writes this about sin. It's a long section, but I just find it so helpful as we continue to understand the severity of sin and the stakes. The Bible reveals, she says, that sin is not a matter of knowing better. If it were, we would not need grace through the atoning Savior, Jesus Christ. Sin is deceptive. It takes people captive. Sin is more than a bad idea over which you have complete control. Within the first handful of pages of the Bible, God says to Cain, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. The same is true for us. Sin lurks with the power to deceive. Sin knows where we live. 
And the only way to rule over it is to watch out for it. We must submit all desire to Christ's authority. The minute that you exalt any desire of yours over Christ's clear command, you are a dead man. Deception means no less than this. An evil force is out to get you, to own you by the use of your own sinful churnings, and to take you captive to do its will. With the blink of an eye, you can become complicit with your captor. You will become that which you formerly loathe. Every single thing you ever worked for and valued can disintegrate in your very hands within 30 seconds. I mean, that's a powerful, heavy thing to think about, right? But that, this is why we need accountability. This is why we need correction. This is why we need redirection from our brothers and sisters. We must keep each other's eyes on the severity and stakes of sinful living and offer that redirection in a loving manner. Galatians 6, 1 through 2 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So we are to continue to point out the danger of sin. We're to unlock each other's potential is the you. Something I've said before about our Lord that I love so much, and you see it in the way that Jesus led, was how he had this uncanny ability, we'll call it supernatural ability, to see beyond what was into what could be. He, he saw beyond what was in this person's current situation, and he saw what could be. Over and over again, we see this. Instead of seeing an impulsive fisherman in Peter, he saw an emboldened church founder. Instead of seeing a tax-collecting thief in Matthew, he saw an elite evangelist. Instead of seeing a doubter in Thomas, Jesus saw a missionary whose influence would stretch as far as India. And even his own brother, he saw something. Instead of seeing a skeptic, he saw a devoted servant whose faith burned so strong he would give his life for it. And we've got to continue to see these things in one another and draw these things out of one another. And I'm just grateful that, that God has given me a shot and that people in my life have been there along the way pushing me toward it and continuing to see something that I might not have even seen in myself. Stephen being one of those people that when, we, when Axis first started, I had no experience. I was like the last guy that would ever be like, hey, I want to have you on my team. And so he saw something, though, that I didn't even know that was there. My dad, at that same time, I was just coming out of college, and my, I was living back at home with my parents for a period of time then, too. And my dad said, hey, um, happy to have you here. Tell you something you're going to do while you're here, though. You're going to lead my men's Bible study. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't lead Bible studies. I don't know. What, what do you mean? He's like, well, I'll tell you what. If you want to stay here with me, you can lead the Bible study. I'm like, all right, I'll lead a Bible study. And so I figured out, like, how to, but he saw something, and he's like, I want to I continue to push you into that. I want to stir that up in you. And we have to continue to do this for one another. We've got to continue to spot things in one another and say, hey, here's what you could do if you just took a step, if you continue to see the possibility. How many of you guys have watched Hamilton? You saw the Hamilton. It's okay to admit it. I watched it, and I might lose some cred with my CrossFit crew, but I actually enjoyed it. And I was like, the songs are those, like, all really, like, get stuck in your head. You just know that before you watch it, you're going to be singing it. And one of the ones that they sung, like, throughout that kind of got stuck in my head is this one that was like, look around, look around, look how lucky we are to be alive right now. Look around, look around. Baby liked it, see? Um, 
But and that was in my head for like days. And I was like thinking, you know what? Like, that's actually pretty true. Like, just pay attention. If you just looked around, if you just looked around, we really are. And you might argue this is kind of a, a you know, not so fun time to be alive right now. But if you looked around, you might actually see that we're really lucky to be alive right now. And there's a whole lot of possibility and potential right out in front of us. And one of the things we continue to remind each other is that. Look around. Look around. Look at how lucky you are to be alive right now. Look at the family that you have. You have the ability to serve and lead. And look at these possibilities that are out in front of you and that God has given you. And look at the gifting that God has put inside of you. And we help each other do that. We help each other look around. And I think Alexander Hamilton was ahead of his, t- hot, uh, ahead of his time because where others saw challenges, he continued to see opportunities. And, you know, we could see this time as a threat. We could see this time that is ripe with problems. Or we could see this as a time that's rich with potential, that's rich with possibility. And three of our young ladies here in our church uh, have done this recently, and I'm just really proud of what they've been doing. And uh, what they saw as, you know, what they saw was potential that was really veiled beneath a problem. They saw how this current climate had been leaving so many people disconnected and hungry for authentic connection. Specifically, some of you young moms, you kind of understand that, like, man, we, we need other people around us, and we, it can feel isolating to be at home and try to go through this parenting journey all by themselves. And so Stroller Squad Cincy was born. And, and I love the vision behind it. It's just a way to kind of have and capture meaningful connection in a time when people are so hungry for it. And I think we get more of us, we've got to continue to do that because this is, a, this is a time that's ripe with potential. People are hungry for the things of God, but we have to continue to look around and understand how lucky we are to be alive right now, living out the call to follow Jesus in this time. And so let's continue to do that. Let's continue to unlock one another's potential. And the last thing I want to point us to is that we have to do the R, which is remind. We've got to remind each other what lies ahead. And I'm not just talking about what lies ahead tomorrow. I'm talking about, like, when we're kind of stuck in this temporal moment of coronavirus and all this, it just feels like it's just going on forever. we got to continue to look to the eternal. When we get stuck and hung up on the temporal, it can be pretty exhausting. And I love Paul as a leader, and he writes this letter to the Philippians when he's in the middle of a jail cell. And one of the things that he's continued to have them look around, but also look ahead at what is out in front of them. And rather than me kind of hung up, and we all have this tendency to do this, don't we just get hung up on what's going on in our world at this time, and I'm talking about in our personal world too, and we just get worn out by that, and we're like, man, I'm just like exhausted by that, and we get in our heads, and we, it wears us out. But what Paul did is rather than getting hung up on the temporal things, on the things that were true of his current circumstances, including being in prison, He says this, he says, not that I've obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but here's one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Jesus. You've heard that cry before onward? Like onward, like let's go, onward, like let's move forward. It's like a battle cry, right? Like onward, let's go. Well, Paul's cry is similar to that, but he goes even beyond that. He says, listen, heavenward, heavenward. That's where we got to continue to fix our attention. That's where we got to continue to derive our focus. Heavenward. 
And that becomes our battle cry. That becomes our purpose. That is our mission. And when you shift your attention heavenward, the temporal things tend to fade away. And that's not to say that those things aren't big things, that those things don't matter. But man, it just elevates our hearts and it brings us to an entirely different level when we stop thinking about the temporal and we really focus back on the eternal. And you know, in a moment like this, I think there's nothing that the enemy wants to do right now more than convince us that we aren't on the same mission. And there's all, I mean, you could list all of the things, all of the debates that are out. It's like the, there's so many debates about so many things, right? And we get hung up on these things. And that's not to say that those things aren't important. It's just to say there's something far more important. And that's that we continue to run heavenward. And we continue to help everybody else direct their lives heavenward. And so it's difficult to not pull against one another in this time, especially as it becomes such a, a, a cha- so many challenging things. Uh, one of the things that I liked from John's podcast this week, too, is um, he had Anthony Munoz on, and he was talking about, Anthony was talking about Pete Carroll and this time in the life of their team when these guys were just like, they were, they were divided, they were arguing, they are having all kinds of difficulty and disunity among the team. And Pete Carroll says, okay, listen, we're going out to the field. He grabs a tug of war rope, he throws it down on the field, he says, offense over here, defense over here. And he has them go, go to town on tug of war. And they're just pulling on this rope, pulling on this rope. And, they're, and as you can imagine, these big old guys on either side, that rope's not going out. They're not getting anywhere. And so they're just sweating it out, and finally, he doesn't wait too long. He finally blows the whistle, and he says, listen up. That's the last time we're going to pull against each other. That's the last time. And I think we have got to to resist the urge to pull against each other. And I mean just as the church as a whole here in America, we've we've got to do a better job of not pulling against each other and saying, let's pull together. Because we've got to continue to allow people to progress and run toward Jesus, and run toward heaven. we got to continue to point each other heavenward and help everybody around us to that end as well. You know, I, I, one of the things, and I, I'll be honest, I've been guilty of it, especially when you're moving, there's so many things going on. I just had a, a week, and in the middle of that week, I was like, oh, great, i got to go to the BMV. Like, i got to go to get my tags renewed, and I'm like, this is going to be terrible, and so I was just like, long days, I'm going up to the house, I'm like, things aren't where I want them to be, and I'm like, so I'm like, in this mindset, I was like, okay, now I got the BMV, and I show up to BMV, and if I'll just be like, to be honest with you, is ever a place that feels like, least like heaven, it's the BMV, and I just show up there, and I'm like, oh, here we go, I like watch, there's a lady, like, this should have been my first time, just go back home, there's a lady sitting in the chair, and she's knitting, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, like, she's knitting. Like, this is, she, how long has she been here? And I told Aaron that. She said, actually, she got there when she was, uh, she was 16. And she's like, now she's like, I'm like, here we go, you know. And um, so, I, so I wait in line. It's like hours are going by. And you can just tell people are just exhausted. They're like, why, why? And they have to get their stuff done. And they got the masks on. And it's hot out there. And they're all outside because they can only have so much. It's like you want to talk about people that are just not in a good place. <laughs> It's the BMV, and no offense to the workers, like, they're doing the best that they can, but it's just not going well, and so I got through that finally, and I got my, like, been hours, and I come out, and I've never been to prison, but I feel like this is probably what it feels like to come out of prison with my plates in hand. I'm like, freedom at last. Like, here I am. I'm out. I'm getting in the car, and I thought as I was like, you know what? Like, man, I'm looking back at all these exhausted people that still have all of that ahead of them. I'm like, I just feel for you guys. 
you know. And so I decided at that moment, I was like, you know what, like I'm here, I'm focused about all my stuff, worry about all my stuff. You know what I'm going to do? You know who needs some ice cream more than anybody else? It's the people with the BMV. And so I'm like, the ice cream truck's going to the BMV. And so we load. I, I, I went on Friday, and I got, and the other thing is, I'm like, you know, we're getting the good ice cream. Like, kids might fall for the Rocket Pop thing, but, like, we got to get the Klondike bars. We got to get the cookie bars. We got to get, so I got all the good, like, premium ice cream, little, like, ice cream things, and uh, we're like, load them up. Let's go. And Aaron came with me, and we just, like, rolled. It was so fun. I just rolled into the ice, like, you know, into the BMV. Just imagine. And, like, here we are. We roll up, and that thing's kind of smoking out the back, and it's, like, it's kind of, people are like, what? Like, what is going on? And I get out, and I just make a quick announcement. It's like, hey, everybody, I was here this week. I know you're paying. Y'all need some ice cream. And we got the good stuff. You know, the only thing you can't do is try to pay me for it. So here we go. We're handing out ice cream. And it's just fun to see people that are just, like, so exhausted. Now they get a piece of ice cream. Like, yeah. You always, of course, have those people that are, like, not wanting ice cream. I'm like, wait a couple hours. You're going to want some, and you're not going to have some, you know. But, and, and by the way, we, and I'll watch them. They'll, like, watch them as you go, like, there's some Klondike bars going by, though. Like, maybe I do want some. Like, you know. Nope, nope, I can't. I can't break. I'm going to say so. But it was fun. And we got, we drove around town. We hit, like, there's landscape guys out. And every time I'd hit the music again, you know, and, like, people are like, what? And so I'd just take it up to them and give them some ice cream. But I say all that to say, and, and, and then we went up to, like, the skate park. And, like, we had all these kids coming up to us. And in almost every one of those situations, people that were focused on something totally different are just smiling. And adults, like grown adults are just smiling, like guys melting away out and doing landscape jobs that are just smiling for just the simple reason they brought them some ice cream. You know who else was smiling? I was smiling. I wasn't thinking about the other stuff. In just a small way, I had the ability to redirect my attention from my own temporal stuff and just in a small way be like heavenward, heavenward. Here's some ice cream. And we want to let you know God loves you and just... You know, try to, try to stay cool out here and enjoy an ice cream. So we're going to continue to do that throughout the summer. And I don't know, at some point we might get kicked out of a BMV. I don't know, but uh, we're going to keep trying to make people's day in that way. You know, C.S. Lewis, he said that there are far better things ahead than any we leave behind. And that really captures our understanding and our belief. That really captures our hope. And so let us hold unswervingly to that hope. Let us continue to point our lives heavenward. Let us continue to point others heavenward as well. I'm just going to quickly show you this video. This is a little video that Aaron was shooting along the way. And then I'm going to pray for us. And we're going to sing one more song together. We're going to keep bringing people ice cream in Jesus' name this summer. So uh, let us know if you want to join us on that. Well, Heavenly, pray for us, and then we're going to sing this song. God, we are just so incredibly blessed by you. We are so incredibly moved by the person of Jesus, his example, who he is. And we just pray, God, that you would continue to help us to point our lives toward him and toward you that we could continue to cry out heavenward and that we could direct others heavenward 
We know that we can't do this on our own power. We're imperfect. We thank you for the body that surrounds us, that without good people around us, we couldn't accomplish anything, God. But thank you for the people that you've put in our lives. Thank you that this is a collective journey. And we want to continue to do the work that you have put us, uh, put out in front of us at this time. We want to continue to look around and see what an incredible time it is to be alive right now. Help us to do your work. Help us to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said.